Six games left, and what's at stake? History. I'll tell you about it on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker, who will return on Monday. It's been a great, uh, terrible, wonderful, hilarious season here for the Cincinnati Reds, and we've been covering them every single day on the Locked On Reds podcast as we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's episode, I want to tell you about why the Reds have a shot to make history and why I'm low-key rooting for it. We're going to look at who can help the Reds avoid that history and what some guys still have left to prove in these final six games. Plus, we're going to look at the Cubs and why uh, history might actually be attainable for the Reds. No, it's not good history. It's not. Speaking of history, I got the chance to visit Fenway Park this last week and got the chance to walk around as a Reds fan in Fenway Park, reminding them that Game 7 of the 1975 World Series went uh, the Reds' way. Yeah, that's right. That was a lot of fun. But you know what? Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And speaking of history, something that I focused on quite a bit, got the chance to go to Cooperstown, see the Hall of Fame, see some awesome stuff that they had from like all the way back, the red stockings, they had different uniforms, they had a uniform that Buck Ewing wore that still had the cigar pocket and everything, that was amazing, but just thinking of history, and the Reds have a chance to make history, not the history they want to make though is it kind of weird that i'm rooting for this i mean coming into this season the reds tore down this roster they willingly decided they weren't going to pay for a competitive team and so they look to the future and we're talking about we're excited about the future we're excited about players that are coming up that are going to be able to make an impact on this team very very soon as 2023 will get rolling but we cannot avoid the fact that present day This season has gone so horribly. How horribly? Well, let's look at these last six games, shall we? If they somehow go 0-6, which, by the way, they're 0-7 in their final seven games against the Pirates, so anything is possible. But if they lose all six of these games, they will set a record for the most losses in a season by a Reds team at 102. That's right. Only the 1982 Cincinnati Reds have lost 100 games. They lost 101 games. The Reds in 2022 could set a new record. If they go 1-5, and five, they'll tie those 1982 Cincinnati Reds for the worst record in a 162-game season in franchise history. Now, I did look at this. Even if they lose all six games, they will not set the record for the lowest winning percentage that any Reds team has had back in 1934, they set that dubious distinction. So that's not going to happen at least, but so much more. I mean, uh, even if they go two and four, they'll still become just the second Reds team ever to lose a hundred games. I mean, what are we talking about here? If they go three and three, they avoid a hundred losses. What do you do? 
we we talked about the 2015 through 2019. I know 2019 really wasn't a competitive year, but they were much better than they were in 2015 through 2018. Those seasons, we always look at back at those and we're just like, boy, that, that was some bad Reds baseball, man. That was some tough times to get through and see them play baseball. They were never that bad. Then think about that for a minute. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. There are players on those teams that aren't in baseball anymore. There are performances that we remember from those teams that we want to forget. Uh, we won't soon forget because, well, they're just etched in our minds. Those teams were bad. This team is worse. The 2022 Cincinnati Reds have a shot to make some very, very bad history. And, and look, I know that I'm optimistic and I love the Reds and obviously I want them to win every single game, but I'm kind of rooting for this, right? I, you you kind of feel like this is the sort of thing that deserves to happen after a team willfully tears down their roster. They were not told to. There is no salary cap in baseball. There is nothing that was going to tell them they had to get rid of the players that they got rid of, but they did it. And they put themselves in this position. And I know that there were points during spring training where I was like, Ooh, you know what? Maybe, maybe this team can flirt with 500. I never said they'd be a playoff team, but I said, maybe, and you know, we took the over on 73 and a half wins and oh my gosh, are we going to miss that by a lot? Even if they go six and oh, they're only going to win 66 games. Miss that, miss that over by a ton. But I still, I still look at this and I'm like, you know, Let's get the history, right? I mean, this lineup and, and no disrespect to any of the guys that are going to be rolled out here in this series against the Cubs in the final six games of this, of this year. But if you'd have told me that the lineup that the Reds are rolling out there with TJ Friedel in the light, in the leadoff spot with Kyle Farmer batting third with Jake Fraley batting cleanup, if you'd have told me in April, that's what the lineup's going to be at the end of the year, I wouldn't have took the over. I'd have looked, I'd have been like, Oh boy, that's thanks for the cautionary tale, future Jeff. I appreciate that because that's rough. And that is how this has been. I mean, the reds lineup has just limped whimpered, absolutely just struggled to get to the end of the season. That's why this team is where it is. They just don't hit. And they're coming up against a Cubs team that we'll talk about here in a little bit. That's pitching really well. The Cubs are on a bit of a heater right now, and it's because of their pitching staff. But I, I just I look at this team, and I say, after what happened in the offseason, after what happened on the home opener whenever Phil Castellini said, where else are you going to go? I can't help but think that this sort of result is deserved, right? Deserved by the people who willfully tore down a team that was a couple of wins away from a playoff spot last year. And we go from September 1st of 2021 being in a playoff spot to now the September 30th, but you know, Saturday, October 1st being so far out of a spot and yet still something is somehow not in last. That's the thing about the pirates. Like that's how bad the pirates were. And yet the reds lost the final seven games of the season to the buckos uh, against in their matchups against the Buggos, they last they lost to them. They're still not in last, but this could be. They have the opportunity to be the worst Reds team 
in a 162 game season. Let that sink in and and ask yourself, what's it really mean if they avoid a hundred losses? Because we're going to look back on the 2022 Cincinnati Reds for a long time and be like, Oh boy, I hope they're not that bad. I hope they're not that bad ever again. But you know, when we're talking about history, um, there's still some players on this team that have something to prove. And there's still some players on this team that could have something to say about the Reds avoiding that history. Which players have the most to gain from these, these last six games? We'll answer that coming up next. But first, since uh, the beginning of August, only three teams have struck out more than the Chicago Cubs. I'm talking about a lot of strikeouts. And when we look at these strikeouts, uh, that has me thinking one thing. Graham Ashcraft's pitching tonight. Graham Ashcraft had a rough start. I get it against the Brewers, but he hadn't pitched in a month. So that was really just him getting the sea legs back under him. I think he's ready to go. Bet Online has the strikeout total for Graham Ashcraft at uh, the over under at four and a half tonight. Say it with me. Take the over. Graham Ashcraft striking out more than four and a half Cubs tonight. He's getting at least five because this Cubs team strikes out. And I've been, and we'll talk about in a little bit. The Cubs have been successful recently, but it's not because of the lineup. Graham Ashcraft's going to get his strikeouts tonight, and you should get your some some good bets over at Bet Online. .net because bet online has all of the props odds and lines whether you're talking about major league baseball the NFL if you got the chance to look at some of the lines last night with the Bengals and the Dolphins of course I took the over on the total there and that didn't work at all but hey I did get the Bengals minus 3 so that worked out you can check out all that great stuff and more at betonline.net because bet online is where the game starts Thanks again for making Locked On Reds your first listen, as always. Uh, Make sure that you check us out on Monday as Steve and I will be back together. We will take a look at the final series. We're here. It's it. We're looking at the final games of the Cincinnati Reds season. I'm kind of relieved, but I I know that like in a couple of weeks, I'm going to miss Reds baseball, but I'm not going to really miss the 2022 version of Reds baseball. Anyway, these final six games provide some opportunity for some guys. Let's look at that because Graham Ashcraft is the first guy I'm looking at. I mentioned him taking the over four and a half uh, strikeouts in this game against the Cubs over at Ben online. And I think that he wants to finish this season. He doesn't want to go out with a whimper, you know, like the rest of the team is really doing. And he missed a month. And he comes back and he pitches against the Brewers. He gets beat up, gets hit around, gives up four runs, gives up that homer, gives up eight hits. That's not Graham Ashcraft. That's not what we've seen this year. He's really shown us. He has the ability to be a top end of the rotation type starter. Like he definitely has some consideration to be the team's ace next year. Now I still think it's Nicoladolo, but Graham Ashcraft is not without discussion. We're not just going to leave him out of that discussion this off season, because believe me, Steve and I are going to talk about this quite a bit. And we're going to ask you your thoughts on this, but Graham Ashcraft has shown he doesn't have to be the high strikeout pitcher to be a good pitcher. He's got the great stuff. He's got that cut fastball that is absolutely brilliant on the velo, but still great on the movement as well. And he's really fooled hitters with that pitch. 
And then you mix in all the other stuff that he's able to do. And I think that he is going to want to go out. He's got this start and he is slated to start the final game of the season at great American ballpark against the Cubs. And hopefully these last two starts against the same team can be successful for him. And like I mentioned, the Cubs are striking out quite a bit. This will be a nice, uh, kind of test, not necessarily like super test, but a nice uh, look and see what Graham Ashcraft can do. Speaking of the pitching side of things, another guy who got some game action here recently that we haven't seen in far longer than a month, and that was Connor Overton. And I know that Steve really went into talking about Connor Overton quite a bit, but where does he fit in? On the 2023 Reds, is he just going to be a guy that the Reds let go to free agency and say, you know what, hope you have a better year next year, or are they going to give him another look? Because early on this season, he was a huge surprise. Kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we didn't look at Connor Overton. We didn't look at the Reds getting Connor Overton in spring training and being like, oh boy, the pitching staff is short up now. No, we didn't say that. But he really proved that he could be, when healthy, a valuable member of a staff, whether that's as, you know, a swingman type dude who's a long relief pitcher who could come in and make a spot start when you need him to. I really want to see if the Reds can develop him into something like that, because if you have him and you have Luis Sessa, then you have a bit of not necessarily a safety net, but you, but you have a backup plan. If you have a starter that has a rough day, which the Reds are still going to be running out young dudes next year. I mean, you look at some of the guys that they're going to be having come up, like, you know, Brandon Williamson, who he's got the talent. He We know that he has the talent, but a triple A, he just hasn't quite shown it yet. Whenever he does come up to the major leagues, there will be struggles. And there's still going to be struggles for Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green and Graham Ashcraft next year. So if you can have a guy like Luis Sessa and a guy like Connor Overton who are stretched out and ready to go, that's good. That's a good thing. So what can Connor Overton provide for this team? And are we really going to know in the final six games of the year? Probably not. But I would like to see him pitch a couple of more times and, and see what he's got out of the bullpen. Because I, I believe that the report was they're not going to run him out as a starter because they just weren't able to you know, stretch out his arm to the point where he could throw 80, 90, 100 pitches. But hey, get two, three, four innings out of him out of the bullpen. That's still some good stuff. So I want to see more of that and what he can provide. Looking over on the lineup side of things, it's all about the recent call-ups, man. Like we we can talk about Kyle Farmer and Jake Fraley, and we can talk about TJ Friedel and stuff like that. There's going to be plenty of time to talk about them in the offseason. These final six games of the year aren't going to tell me anything about those guys. Where do you know what we know about Jake Fraley, Kyle Farmer, TJ Friedel, guys like that? Aristides Aquino, he's earned another trial for 2023. And we'll talk more about that this off season. But when I'm looking at the two guys who I really think these final six games, they actually have something to show. It's the two recent call-ups. It's Spencer steer and it's Michael Ciani. Now I love what I've seen so far from Spencer steer. He's been fine, right? He's been a solid call-up and it's only his first month of the year in major league baseball. So it's not like I was expecting him to come up here and hit 400, but 221 is nice. That's fine. Got a couple of homers, got some power, and I like the walks. Got 10 walks in your first month. That is key because show me you can command the strike zone as a hitter and the rest will come. 
when it comes to Spencer Steer, firmly believe he will be a fine major league hitter. I'm not worried about him, and I want to see what more he can do at the plate. Can he be a valuable dude that maybe you consider throwing in the fifth or sixth hole in the lineup next year? Could be a kind of dude. Now, Michael Ciani's totally different because I don't know what I don't know about him. I do know that there are questions about whether he can stick on at the plate, and he hasn't really shown anything to let you lean one way or the other. But when you come up here with some questions about your ability to hit the ball, you got to hit the ball. Is he going to hit the ball in these final six games? We'll have to see because, again, next year will be more of an extended trial period. I think they're going to be a little bit better next year. And yeah, sure. Part, part of that is just me being optimistic and a little bit of blind optimism. But I also think, you know, with more playing time for guys like Spencer steer and with a healthy pitching staff and hopefully a bullpen that honestly, I know they're not going to make a ton of moves this off season, but if they can make a couple of signings in the bullpen that are nice, then I'll be all right with that. And, and we'll see more wins than we see this year. I'm not saying they're going to compete for anything next year, but you're going to see some interesting dudes. And Michael Ciani has a chance to be one of those guys because we haven't seen anything from Nick Senzel. I think we know what we know and we know what we don't know about Nick Senzel, which isn't good for Nick Senzel because we know he ain't the guy. I'm sorry. This was his most healthy season, and, and we will definitely dive into this further on uh, you know an upcoming episode here as the offseason begins in, next week for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, we'll dive more into this, but Nick Senzel's not the guy. The, the door's open for Michael Ciani. He's not going to take the reins in the final six games, but is he going to show that he deserves a shot next spring training in these final six games? I think so. I think he's got a chance to do that. We know he's athletic in the field. We know that he's a good defender. Know he's a good base runner. What can he do with the plate? Show me something in these final six games. Want to see what Michael Ciani has. But those are really the two guys in this lineup. And, and that just goes to show you how much this lineup has fallen. That Yeah, I mean, I mean there's been a lot of injuries. We're not talking about much uh, expectations here. The rest of the way, as far as wins and losses, if only just for wanting to see history a little bit, maybe they just lose all six games and set the worst record in franchise history for a 162-game season. Maybe that happens. But there are these two rookies who I, I believe, I'd have to look this up, and I should have looked this up before I opened my mouth, but I believe they'll still be rookie eligible next year since they got called up in September of this year that well, what are they going to provide for the team? I think I have a good idea that Spencer Steer is going to provide a lot of value at the plate. Can Michael Ciani? I'm interested to know. But I tell you this, when it comes to whether or not the Reds can avoid history or, or make history or something like that, uh, it, it's not all just about them. It's about their opponent too. And the Cubs, they're on a bit of a hot streak, which could feed that history. I'll look at just how hot coming up next. But first, make sure uh, you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, thank you so much. Make sure that you are subscribed and you click the bell to get notified whenever we go live, whenever we have new premieres, plenty of stuff coming your way. As we roll into the offseason, we will remain daily as we take a look back on this season and what we can glean on it for the future. Because 
let's face it, pretty much since May, it's been about the future of the franchise for the Cincinnati Reds. Also, make sure that you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, the Cubs, they're coming in hot. Their last 16 games, they're 12 and four. They're nine for their last 11. I mean, they've absolutely been killing it. And it's all been about pitching. In fact, they've put together three different four-game winning streaks. They're currently in the middle of a four-game winning streak. So can they add to that? It's going to be about their pitching because it's been about their pitching. They have done so well on the mound. In these last 16 games, their team ERA is 2.2. That's not something that you can say about the rest of the year. One of the biggest reasons that the Cubs have disappointed, and I thought that they were going to make some noise in the wild card race, and they've just they've not been anywhere near it all year. But one of the reasons that's the case is because they just haven't pitched. They have pitched very poorly for most of the year. These last 16 games have not been the case. They have been on fire. And plus, so in these 16 games, they pitch 142 innings. They've allowed just 52 walks. That's been their biggest bugaboo all season has been issuing free passes. And then what happens after you issue a walk? Well, as we know, walks will haunt and they've haunted the Cubs all year, except for these last 16 games. And yeah, it's a small sample size, but in these last 16 games, the guy who's starting tonight, Adrian Sampson, he's made three starts. And in those three starts, he has allowed just two earned runs. Yeah. Three starts, two earned runs. That's 18 total innings. So he's pitching six innings a start. He's also held opponents to a slugging percentage of 290. So if you do get a hit off of him, it's a single. He's just not giving up the long ball, which is something that the Reds aren't hitting anyway. And he's not giving up extra bases on hits. They're singles, and he's limiting the damage when he does give up a hit. Now, he's not striking out a lot of guys, but it's been a successful stretch for Adrian Sampson. And you can see it too. Like you'll see his numbers whenever he s- steps up on the mound here in the top of the first tonight. He's got a nice ERA, 3.3 ERA for the season. Could be a piece for them for the future, but it's it's definitely been a nice stretch of games for him. Now, what's interesting is the strength of the team. The Cubs have been a good hitting team all year. That's not been the case during this successful run. In fact, as a team, they're batting just 218. And they've only scored like 3.4 runs per game in these 16 games. So it's about pitching. It's about defense. It's about limiting the opponent. Guess what? Here comes the Cincinnati Reds who have not been scoring a whole lot of runs against anybody, let alone a team that's been pretty successful at limiting runs scored in their most recent games. Looking at the Cubs lineup, there's been a couple of dudes that have been slugging well. Nobody's really hitting the cover off the ball so far as, you know, batting average or things like that. But over this last 16 games, David Bodie has been slugging. He's got a 520 slugging percentage in his last 43 plate appearances. And Christopher Morell, who this dude's been a solid rookie. I didn't hear much about him, if anything. And I'm sure some of the more prospect inclined folks could tell us, oh yeah, of course we were expecting this guy to do this good. But Christopher Morell has been a solid dude for them this year. He's got a weighted runs created plus of 111 in his rookie season. You like to see that. Now he's not had a great average over his last 16 games, but he's still slugging 471. He's got three home runs, leads the team. He and Patrick Wisdom both have three dingers, which lead the team during the stretch. And again, like I said, the Cubs haven't been hitting. They've been limiting their opponents. 
But the guys who have been hitting are the usual suspects. David Bodie, Christopher Morrell, Patrick Wisdom, those guys. How will Graham Ashcraft and the bullpen pitch around these guys in the series will be an interesting point to see because if you can pitch well to them, then you're going to be able to limit this team and we're going to see some low-scoring games. If you let David Bodie, Christopher Morrell, and Patrick Wisdom slug, game over. Forget about it. But I tell you this, with the way that the Cubs have been playing here recently, it's going to be hard for the Reds to avoid history. Because we're talking about 3-3 three and three avoids a 100-loss season. So the Reds would essentially have to win one of these series. Whether they sweep or whether they take two out of three, they'd have to win one of the series. Does this team right now, that has been playing so poorly as of late, and, and they're playing a team... Because there's something else that I've seen with the Reds as the season has winded down is that they play well when they play against a team that's playing for something. The Cubs aren't playing for anything. In fact, they can't even lose enough to lose their standing. The Cubs are finishing third in the NL Central. They're not going to overtake the Brewers, but they're also not going to lose enough games to lose their spot to the Reds. So nobody's playing for anything in this series except for pride and history. How does that play into how the Reds play? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think we are going to be talking about a historic 2022 season. And it's, it's not going to be the, the fun type of history. Where else are you going to go? That's where we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening and watching the Locked On Reds podcast for Friday. Uh, make sure you check us out on Monday. Steve and I will be back together. I know that Steve's held down the podcast for pretty much four out of the five days of this week, so I appreciate him doing that. But we are going to finish up the final series of the season for the Cincinnati Reds. <sighs> we're finally here. <laughs> But thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen locked on MLB. As Paul Francis Sullivan has you covered on the goings-on of Major League Baseball, will Aaron Judge break the record? He's got a few games to do it in, and I think I think he's going to. I, I think he's going to break Roger Maris's record. But Sully's got you covered every single day on Locked On MLB, the number one daily league-wide podcast that you can find just like you find Locked On Reds anywhere you get your podcast, including YouTube. We will talk to each and every one of you on Monday because we are locked on Reds every single day.